We inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to AFA at the Core on the American Family Radio Network. I'm your host, Walker Wildman. Good to be with you on the program today. This is the American Family Radio Network. Our website is AFR.net. AFR.net is our website where you can go there and find my podcast right there on the homepage. Uh, Of course, you can always download the American Family uh, Radio app. That's another great, easy way to listen. And we push the podcast out to multiple platforms. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find the AFA at the Core podcast. And as of uh, this week, we have been uh, live streaming the show, the video feed, on my AFA at the Core Facebook page. And the uh, AFA at the Core YouTube channel, we've been doing that for since the show began. But now we're on Facebook and YouTube, uh, both of the AFA at the Core channels or pages on both of those platforms. So go there and watch the show. Um, our verse of the week is out of the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. That's out of the book of Proverbs. So honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Um, that's uh, that's convicting. Should be for each and every one of us um, uh, because it's it it can be easy and it can be tempting to to hold off uh, or to push aside your tithe or your contributions to the kingdom of God. Uh, but here we're called to honor the Lord with your wealth, uh, but more importantly with your first fruits, which is your first income, your primary. Uh, income to honor the Lord with that. So that's out of the book of Proverbs. And everybody I talk to who has ceased tithing for whatever reason in their life, um, they will tell you it does not bode well for the believer. Um, it does not bode well for the believer. Um, it, it's there's there's uh, God's word commands us to to contribute to His kingdom, both financially and with all of our talents and abilities. And when we withhold that, uh, when we withhold that which is already God's, um, things are not going to uh, end up well for uh, the believer. We're not going to be blessed. That's a pr- pretty much how simply we can put it there. Uh, so make sure we're not withholding um, our gifts, talents, and abilities and resources, uh, withholding that from the kingdom. Uh, because after all, everything on the heavens and the earth is owned by God. Hey, we're having a campaign, uh, and we're going to push it really tomorrow. We're going to do a heavy emphasis tomorrow, but I'm going to go ahead and mention it uh, because this is an excellent campaign. There's a ministry called ICU Mobile that AFR has been partnering with for years. You've heard their spots during the break. ICU Mobile, the ICU stands for Image Clear Ultrasound, but ICU Mobile ministry provides these mobile uh, ultrasound clinics uh, to cities all across the country. And these, uh, these mobile clinics can provide ultrasounds to mothers 
at no cost in communities all across the country. So it's an excellent, excellent um, uh, ministry, excellent organization, excellent cause, because the studies show that 85% of abortion-minded women who go get an ultrasound of their little baby, they choose life. 85% of those women who go into an ultrasound not knowing what they're going to do, uh, 85% of them come out uh, uh, believing that they their, their baby deserves life. They need to save their baby. They need to protect the innocent baby. And so these, these, these mobile clinics are doing great work and helping to save little babies in the womb. And so what we're going to do tomorrow is we're going we're gonna to try to raise enough funds to buy a mobile unit for Greenwood, Mississippi. Uh, one of our employees here, uh, Joseph Parker, uh, he has a, a show, uh, Hour of Intercession, here on the network early in the morning. And he's been wanting this ICU mobile clinic for Greenwood, Mississippi for a long time now. He's been trying to raise the funds. So we're going to try to help him go over that finish line and get this ICU mobile uh, ultrasound clinic purchased for Greenwood, Mississippi. And it'll also be able to serve the surrounding uh, cities in, uh, in in the Delta, the Mississippi Delta. Uh, so where you can go to read up, read more and donate is AFR.net. Just go to our website, AFR.net, right there on the homepage. At the top, you'll be, see the big image. It says ICU Mobile Greenwood. You can click on it, and there's a donation form there at the in the page. And uh, Bobby said we're just he just no, uh, uh, notified me we're going to post this on my podcast page as well. So if you're not able to do this right now, you're driving or whatever, uh, on my podcast page at AFR.net on our website there, we'll have the link to that donation form. So that's ICU Mobile Campaign going on tomorrow. Jumping right into uh, the news of the week. And by the way, we're going to have on Governor Tate Reeves of Mississippi next segment here in about uh, 10 minutes. We're going to have on Governor Tate Reeves of Mississippi on the show AFA at the core. Um, I want to go back to, I don't want to circle back because that uh, saying has sure taken on a uh, a, a really joking uh, mentality or, or it's it's just not taken serious anymore. So we're going to we're going to go back to yesterday's topic about the Texas abortion or the Texas pro-life law because this really just stuck me. I mean, it hit me hard. I can't get over uh, the reactions we're seeing to this law in Texas that saves babies. And it, it really doesn't surprise me that the reactions we're seeing from people who fundamentally disagree with our worldview on human life uh, but the reactions, what what more so disappoints me, and that's putting it mildly, what more so disappoints me is what we're hearing from people who are supposed to believe like we do. People who say, like the Senator Cassidy from Louisiana said yesterday, I'm pro-life, I'm pro-life, and then he goes to basically talk down about the pro-life law. Um, that's what's more frustrating than anything is people who we think are in our foxhole and when, when, when push comes to shove and we actually start doing something positive, well, then the guns start turning in the wrong direction. Let's play, uh, this is the Maryland governor, Governor Hogan, uh, on, the, on MSNBC talking about the Texas law that saves babies' lives. And listen to him kind of wiffle and waffle and actually criticize the law. Clip six, let's listen. Governor Hogan, do you believe the abortion issue, when it, if it's going to be state by state, 
it, it, you seem to basically say, you know, your electorate is perhaps pro-choice. You may be pro-life and you've sort of taken a hands-off approach. Do you believe it should be the sort of public sentiment that should dictate where we go on abortion laws? Well, and, you know, I happen to be personally uh, opposed to abortion, but um, and I believe that states uh, do have rights to, to, to pass some reasonable restrictions. But uh, certainly in this case, uh, this bill in Texas seems to be a little bit extreme with this problem of uh, bounties for uh, people that turn in somebody that drove someone to, a, to a, uh, an abortion clinic. Well, there you have it. That's uh, the governor of Maryland talking about the Texas law. And let's be clear. Let's do a little refresher on what the Texas law does. The Texas law basically outlaws abortion. Uh, Well, no, that's not even accurate. The Texas law really highly disincentivizes abortion after six weeks. How does it do that? Well, it opens up uh, the liability, the legal liability for anyone who participates in, in, in murdering and killing a baby after six weeks. It opens up that legal liability door so that so that they can be sued any doctor that participates in an abortion after six weeks any mother that participates in abortion after six weeks as someone who drives her to the clinic uh, all of those people involved with helping facilitate the murder of the unborn baby after six weeks they become legally liable so they can be sued by a private citizen and they will have to answer in court for their actions and in helping uh, take the life of an innocent baby. So that's what the Texas law does. Uh, but Governor Hogan, Hogan there saying that this is, uh, this is putting bounties out on people's heads and this is, this is a little extreme law. But as I mentioned yesterday, um, this is, uh, there's no splitting this. There's no riding the fence on this issue. Either human life begins at conception or it doesn't. And if you say it doesn't, then tell me when it begins. Does it begin when the heartbeat begins? Does it begin when they're moving in your belly uh, in, in, in the womb? Does it begin when they're, when they're born out of the womb? Um, when does human life begin? We have to all ask that question. That is if you disagree that it begins at conception. But we all know science shows that human life begins at conception. God's word definitively says that human life begins at conception. So if that's the case, and all these people, these so-called Republicans and conservatives who are criticizing the Texas law, if human life begins at conception, and then they're criticizing the, the, one, of the most, one of the greatest laws to date since Roe versus Wade that protects babies— if they're criticizing that, then then they're not truly pro-life, all right? They're not truly pro-life. You can't say I'm pro-life and then criticize pro-life laws, all right? We can't do that. This is just like a good analogy would be saying I'm personally against slavery, but I think we should keep slavery around. I think we should keep some slavery around. Maybe not People shouldn't maybe be able to have like 20 slaves, maybe just 10 slaves. No, either slavery is wrong or it's not. And then you, you can say on, these, on all kinds of other tertiary issues, you can nitpick about what's right and what's wrong. And some stuff is not as clear, you know, when it comes to policy and what God's word says. But on this issue, 
Uh, you know, you can debate on taxes. Should we have a five or seven percent tax rate? I don't know. Let's let's talk about that. Uh, but this issue is so clear, Bobby, that it, there's no like. Uh, let's just agree to disagree. Either human life begins at conception, or it doesn't. Yeah, absolutely, and and that's what really needs to be defined in all of this, whether it's at the state level or, uh, or federally. Personally, I think it's uh, you know this is this is a state issue, but when it comes to humanity, then well, it's pretty clear humanity needs to 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 make a definitive starting point on this and and call it a day. But to to your other point uh, about the bounties and so forth, they, the the left is acting like. People are waiting on street corners, just just waiting for for people to show up in, at an abortion clinic or or be knowledgeable of such occurrence. Um, most people don't do that, but the point is, if you witness a crime, if you witness a murder, yes, uh, if you're anywhere near that, and you decide not to 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 turn over that evidence, that state's evidence, if you will, you're an accessory to the crime. Correct. And what more? in terms of protection than to the unborn can can you ask for i mean to me that's just a responsibility that's exactly right that's a very good point and, I, and I just don't think it's going to be as flagrant if you will that that they 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 are leading people to believe yeah that they're fair they're fear-mongering that's for sure and, absolutely and texas listen here folks texas is laying the first tracks for the underground railroad to save babies that's what Texas is doing here. Excellent They're laying point. the first tracks to save babies for underground railroads. And here's the question I have for everyone out there. Will other states begin to lay the tracks as well? Because this Texas law is the best law on the books since this entire debate over saving babies or not saving babies. This law is top-notch. It's excellent. I wouldn't say it's flawless because a flawless pro-life law would protect babies from day one to week 40. This protects babies from week six to week 40. And many women don't even know they're pregnant in week four, five, and six. So you could argue that this basically protects babies throughout the entire period of their uh, uh, growth. But we need, we need, we're here to outlaw abortion. I mean, we don't, we shouldn't even have to bounce around that bush. We're here to outlaw abortion because babies deserve protection. AFA at the core will be back in a few minutes. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Acts 17.26 conveys to us the reality that we were born and placed in the 21st century by God's specific design. He determined before time where we would live and when we would live there. If you're in Minnesota, Mississippi, or Maine, God put you there on purpose. He's not surprised by the darkness we see around us, nor is he caught off guard by it. In fact, he specifically prepared for it by making sure you're alive right now. God can do whatever he wants, but he's chosen to use you and me as ambassadors of his kingdom. We are his torches to light up the darkness. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. 
This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. 30 million Americans live with an eating disorder. Of that 30 million, 20 million are women. Data shows that eating disorders are the third most common chronic illness among adolescent females. Prevention measures must be taken in childhood. Like other mental health disorders, eating disorders are caused by a combination of biological and circumstantial factors, but prevention is possible. Exemplifying healthy self-talk, modeling respectful body image, celebrating godly creation, and creating a family culture of healthy living are all helpful steps towards preventing disordered eating. If your girl shows signs of an eating disorder, seek help. Her recovery does not depend on you to fix things, but it does require your prayer and unwavering support. Learn more about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. You know, when Matthew 19, the the scripture records a Pharisee trying to test Jesus concerning marriage, and Jesus responded, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? And for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. In the beginning, the first institution God created was the family. Marriage is the centerpiece of family. As a husband and father myself, let me tell you, (laughs) marriage is absolutely wonderful. And we want to encourage and educate people to embrace God's design as the fundamental building block for all of human civilization and to celebrate the lifelong union of one man and one woman as the objective institution that produces human flourishing. Tune in to By Design as we explore God's true purpose and design for marriage. Just visit the podcast page at AFR.net. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. AFA at the core here on the American Family Radio Network. This is Worship Wednesday, and that was Phil Wickham, well-known Christian artist. And the song is House of the Lord. Excellent, excellent song there. And Scripture tells us that where two uh, or more are gathered together in the name of Christ, uh, there the Spirit of the Lord is as well. So uh, there is joy in the house of the Lord is part of the song there by Phil Wickham. Hey, on the line with us, as I told you uh, what happened last segment, we have Governor Tate Reeves of Mississippi joining us uh, for the second time on AFA at the Core. Governor, glad to have you on. It's great to be on this afternoon. Thanks so much. Uh, Governor, uh, two things uh, I want to talk about, but the the first thing is this this 
this hit piece that was run uh, by the media about a week or two ago, and it had to do with some statements that you made at a speech or, or an event you were at uh, where you were talking about uh, Mississippi and really the whole South and our belief in God and eternal life and really why that uh, belief in God and eternal life leads us to not be so fearful about the issues that our world is facing. And the context here was, of course, uh, the COVID pandemic. So talk a little bit about your statements there, what you meant by it, and then we'll we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the media's uh, a, a rabid response to it. Yeah, well, uh, I stand by the, the statement that I made which I think is is very important, and and it's it's uh, important to note that you know when you believe in eternal life, when you believe that Jesus died on the cross to save all of us from our sins, and when you believe uh, what John three sixteen says that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life, then you have a, a an understanding and a, a firm um, belief that uh, our time here on earth is is not forever. Uh, and in fact, it is a blip on the screen in our um, eternal life. And so uh, God in the Bible also, as, you, as you've seen me say, and, and I said at this particular event, warns us and, 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 and tells us to take necessary precautions to do the things that we need to do to take care of ourselves while here on earth. But, you know, the, the media has gone absolutely crazy uh, about what I've said this, and it's almost as if uh, they just don't want anybody that's an elected official talking about their faith. But look, the fact is, uh, my faith is what drives me. My faith is the reason that I serve in elected office. My faith is the, the reason I get up every morning and, and go to work on behalf of the people of Mississippi. And so the, 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 the far left, the liberals that want to separate uh, people like me and my faith, they're just not going to be successful doing that. Yeah, that's a good point, Governor. And, and the, the the hatred for God and the hatred for Christianity is really at a, at a at a at a high point when you look at at U.S. history. I'm not talking about world history here. There's been uh, countries and regimes that have eradicated uh, Christians and murdered them and done horrific things to them. But as far as here in America, I mean, America was founded on by men and women who were had firm faith in Jesus Christ. They were firm believers in in the Bible, and so here we are. You know, 250 years later, in a country where uh, Christians are being ridiculed for having confidence and faith in God. I mean, it's as if the media and these Democrats just want us to sit in fear in a closet with a blanket over us and just not be effective and not do anything and not serve the kingdom of God. Well, that's exactly right. Look, um, and and in so doing, and their their hatred for those of us who have faith, they also ignore the history of the country that we live in. In the state of Mississippi, as you well know, we have "In God We Trust" on our state seal. But we took that "In God We Trust" and put it on our state seal several years ago because it, it's true. Number one, but number two, it's also our nation's motto, and that's what the the. Christian principles were the foundation upon which America was founded, and so, um, and, and and any anyone who uh, believes otherwise is just ignoring history. And so, um, there seems to be by some on the far left, the the extremes um, of the the other political party, 
that that as you said that there's there's almost a hatred not only for God but also a hatred for anyone who believes in God and and that's a troubling troubling fact. Yeah, Governor, I'm actually I'm proud to be a Mississippian. I'm proud to live in Mississippi. You know, Mississippi always gets ragged and everybody picks on us because we're last in a couple things, but I travel the country and I go to these uh let me just put it mildly. I go to these places like Washington DC and it's just not welcoming. I mean, there's no hospitality. Everybody's rude. Come back to Mississippi, and I absolutely love it. So I love Mississippi, and I'm proud of our state. Hey, speaking of being proud of a state, uh, I'm sure you've seen the news out of Texas. One of the most pro-life laws is now on the books in the state of Texas with Governor Abbott there. What's your feedback to that? Yeah, no, I've seen that, and, and I was very pleased to see uh, the United States Supreme Court uh, choose to uh, to not uh, get and intervene in that particular law. It's a six-week ban uh, in Texas. As you know, uh, we have our 15-week ban that is going before the United States Supreme Court. Um, and our goal is that for every any time we can take an opportunity to save even one baby, that is something that we as policymakers ought to do. Um, you know, we have laws in this country uh, against murder. We should have laws in this country against murder. And for people like me, and I think many of the people who listen uh, to this show, uh, we believe that every time uh, a baby is aborted, that that is, in fact, the taking of a an innocent life. Um, and so it's something that, that is, I'm very passionate about. I, I commend my friend Governor Abbott from in Texas for for signing the legislation, and I'm very, very hopeful as we progress forward, um, we're going to see significant movement in recognizing that the science has changed since Roe v. Wade was put into effect, I think unconstitutionally, but was put into effect in 1972, and that the science has changed also since the Casey case in, in, in the early 1990s, and that every time science advances and everything, every time we know more and more about the formation of a child, um, it, without exception, over the last 50 years, every time we learn more, we learn more about the vitality of the child at a younger period of time. Uh, we learn more uh, about the fact that uh, babies can feel pain at, um, at a certain period of time, that these babies can that their heart is forming, that their lungs are forming uh, throughout this uh, time, and that the taking of an innocent life is just something that we don't believe in. Mm, amen. Hey, Governor, one more question, and then I want to uh, get uh, your your administration's response to the latest uh, hurricane that hit Louisiana and the Mississippi Gulf Coast. But before we do that, real quick, um, uh, I know we're litigating uh, your office. Uh, well, uh, your, your administration, uh, of course, is litigating – uh, or has already litigated before the Supreme Court on the 15-week bill that you mentioned. Um, if that 15-week bill is upheld in the state of Mississippi, would you uh, entertain a, a similar bill that Texas has done uh, in the next legislative cycle here in Mississippi? Well, that, that's a great question, and I would certainly entertain it. And, and that's part of the part of the, the goal as we progress forward. And, and you're right, the court has – uh, granted us the opportunity. They're going to hear oral arguments on our 15-week ban. Those oral arguments will be heard sometime in the next couple of months, maybe in November or December. 
And that ruling is going to come out sometime in early to middle part of next year. That ruling is going to be very helpful in providing us a roadmap as to what every state can do, according to the Supreme Court, to protect babies. And my view is uh, whatever that roadmap is, whatever is allowed, whatever they recognize as the science of today and the changes that have been made over the last 50 years since Roe was enacted, uh, by ruling of the court, by the way, just as a reminder, not because the, the Congress enacted the law, but because that was the interpretation at that time by um, a certain number of justices. But whatever the roadmap is uh, in Mississippi, it will be my goal to utilize that roadmap to protect as many babies as possible. And I would hope, um, and my best case scenario is that we can save every baby. Hmm. And certainly the Texas law uh, provides an opportunity to, to do that. All right, Governor. Hey, uh, we just had a, a, a pretty big hurricane hit the Louisiana Gulf Coast and the Mississippi Gulf Coast uh, about a week ago. What's the latest uh, efforts there that your administration's doing in Mississippi, and, and what's what's basically the the report uh, today? Well, there's no doubt that we uh, certainly sustained a significant blow in Hurricane Ida. Um, it, it, in Mississippi, in our state, it wasn't nearly as bad as what happened in Louisiana because the storm did come ashore uh, in in Louisiana. Uh, the eye of the storm entered Mississippi in our southwest corner, uh, down around uh, Pike and Wilkinson County. We saw significant damage in Walthall County and, and a few others. Um, and the storm didn't leave our state until the far northeast corner, um, up near where uh, where you are, and mm -hmm. so. We sustained a lot of damage. We had high winds throughout our Gulf Coast. We had spinoff tornadoes uh, that we had to deal with. But fortunately, in terms of protecting life, um, we were able to uh, have a number of um, boat rescues and water rescues. And once we were able to get the storm behind us, we now have been able to send a large number of individuals and a, and a lot of help down to our friends and neighbors in Mississippi in, in Louisiana, because that's what we as Mississippians do. Mm -hmm. uh, when we got out of harm's way, we sent significant numbers of National Guard troops, significant numbers of firefighters, significant numbers of law enforcement officers uh, to help maintain order uh, down in Louisiana because they really took the brunt of this storm. Yeah, they sure did. Hey, Governor Reeves, thank you for coming on the show, and we'll have you on again sometime. I'd love to come on anytime. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks, Governor. That's Governor Tate Reeves of the great state of Mississippi, the hospitality state or the Magnolia State, depending on which day of the week it is. That was Governor Tate Reeves of Mississippi. Um, uh, jumping right back into the news of the week, uh, I had a few other clips as it relates to this uh, Texas law that saves babies. Uh, on average, saves about 180 babies a day. Uh, this Texas law, excellent law, the greatest one on the books. Um, uh, this is the, uh, a view. This is, uh, just bear with me, folks. This is the ladies on the view, uh, just ranting and raving about how bad the Texas law is. And they go as far to call you and me the American Taliban. Let's listen. 
I think I can say this for every person in the world, is pro-abortion. No. That is a decision that people are brought to, and, and it is a, a life-changing, hard, altering, that no man ever has to face. No. No man has to face no. this. This is not something anyone is for, just to be clear. Yeah. You know, it's it, like you always say, yeah. we're all pro-life. Yeah, we are all pro-life. And, and the, you know, who's going to, uh, is SCOTUS going to be responsible for these babies when these people have these children? What happens when they are, are perhaps, God forbid, murdered by their parents? Whose responsibility is it? Well, you know, they're worried about the Taliban and the Taliban women. Worry about the Taliban in America. Because yeah, that's you. what these guys are real. Well, yeah. Well, you know. Just more stuff to think about. This is the thinking show. This is a show about thinking about how does it affect us as a human race. Wow. I might laugh so hard I might cry. Uh, this is, That's the epitome Oh, let me be careful with my words here. This is a Christian radio network. Uh, that's the epitome of lack of knowledge, lack of knowledge. And th they're ranting and raving there. And really, I, that was actually pretty confusing. I actually don't know what they were saying. But I pieced a few things together in the rant. And one of the first things is one of the hosts, and she's a relatively new host. I don't even know her name. Uh, she jumps in and she goes, uh, this isn't about being pro-abortion. We're all pro-life. You heard that. She said, we're all pro-life. Everybody's pro-life. But the, the the previous, like, 20 minutes of the show, they've been ragging Texas about saving babies. So you can't say that, no, 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 those babies should be able to be killed, but we're pro-life. Raise, raise your hand. We're all pro-life, right? No. The Texas law saves babies. If you're against the Texas law, you're against saving babies. It's as simple as that. And then Joy Behar, the one I do know, because she's been on there a long time, uh, she jumps in and goes, well, you know, they, they say we got to worry about the Taliban in Afghanistan. We got to worry about the, the American Taliban, because that's what these people are, talking about you and talking about me. Um, this is a, a, a really, and this is not, not, not a laughing part, uh, but this is indicative of the state of our culture. You know, some people say politics is downstream from culture, and I pretty much agree with that. But this is indicative of where our culture is. A couple uh, women who God created to bear children and to be a caregiver and protect children. That's what women are designed for, is to foster life. And here we have multiple women on national television talking about how we should all be able to kill babies. That is the definition of spiritual darkness. AFA at the core will be back in just a few minutes. Too busy to catch your favorite shows on the radio? Have no fear because the AFR app is here. Download the app to have access to live broadcast, music streaming, as well as each podcast. Whether you're at work, at home, or on the go, it's easy to listen to AFR. The AFR app is available not only for Apple and Android users, but also on Amazon Alexa and Roku. Download the AFR app today at AFR.net. When you hear this... 
This is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective. Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow political ideology that in many cases violates their very faith and conscience. If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net and sign up for our daily news brief at AFN.net. The following are real-life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relieved. They contacted all of our creditors, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. What does faith accomplish? While many emphasize the achievements of athletes, celebrities, or world leaders, God looks at the heart. Hello, I'm Sam Rohr with another Stand in the Gap Minute. The Lord told the prophet Samuel that one of Jesse's sons would become the next king of Israel. When Samuel visited Jesse, he assumed that the oldest son would be king, yet God said, the Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Still today, God looks beyond our external appearance and knows our thoughts and desires. Only when our hearts long for the Lord in His ways does our faith accomplish God's will. David would go on to defeat a giant and serve as a man after God's own heart. Now, how will your faith lead you to live for God today? Discover more encouraging resources at AmericanPastorsNetwork.net. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core here on the American Family Radio Network. Glad to have you back with us. Hey, we have a, a challenge for you this month, the month of September. And I actually uh, competed in the challenge but I did it last month, so it doesn't count. So I'm going to have to do it again this month. And the challenge is is taking your spouse on a date. That's our by design challenge. And the whole purpose of our by design project is to uplift, to encourage each and every one of you um, who are in a marriage relationship and even those who want to be married in the future, uh, encourage you to strengthen and, and strengthen your marriage through God's Word, and through uh, caring and loving your spouse. So I'm going to take my wife on a date this month, the month of September, mark my word, and Bobby, I've just put Bobby on the spot. Now Bobby has to take Denise on a date the month of September. That's easy. Her birthday is the 21st. <laughs> that, that's cheating, Bobby. You can't you can't double dip like that's like doing Christmas and birthday at the same on the same day with the same gift. <laughs> well, our anniversary was the first, so she's already in 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 
she's in good stead. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure you'll treat her well. Oh. Um, so that's always, my, always. That's my challenge for you husbands and uh, and wives out there to go on a date with your spouse and uh, make sure you prioritize your marriage relationship. Because if we don't have strong marriages, how can we have strong families? And if we don't have strong relationships with Jesus Christ and his word and God the Father and the Holy Spirit, how can we then have strong marriages? So mm-hmm. it all goes in together uh, as part of God's design. And, for and that's a strong family. modeling for the children as well. They need exactly to see that right. relationship. They need to see that that mom is important to dad, dad is important to mom, and one day I'll be able to, to experience that myself. That's so true. And statistics show, studies show, um, that uh, where that model, uh, that godly, bi- bi- biblically-based uh, marriage is modeled, uh, the chances of children being able to replicate that uh, go up significantly uh, when they see uh, a healthy marriage, they're able to replicate that, or they're able to at least know what to replicate should they want to follow in your foot tracks. Um, look, this is the last clip I'm going to play on this Texas Texas law, but it, it once again, this is this issue is so important. Uh, the issue of human life is so important. That's one of our core values, one of our six core values here at American Family Association is the sanctity of human life and how from conception to natural death, human life should be valued, should be appreciated. And there's been all these these straw man arguments out there and all these, these really uh, arguments meant to distract. And a couple of them are, you know, you hear the argument, well, what about rape and incest? What should we do with the baby then? Should we be able to kill the baby then? Rape and incest. And everybody gets all wigged out and uncomfortable and their armpits start sweating in. What are we going to do about that? Well, once again, let's bring this back. Is it a baby or is it not? If it's a baby, it doesn't matter how the baby was conceived. It's a baby. It's an innocent child. The child doesn't need to be killed uh, because someone made a terrible criminal decision uh, on on the front end of that. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. I've got... That's a terrible situation all around uh, to be in, to, for, for a, a young woman to be placed in. Absolutely horrific situation. Nobody should wish that on anyone. Um, but we're talking about the life of the baby, and should it be preserved and protected? And the answer to that is yes. All right? The answer to that is yes. Uh, the, the baby should not have to pay the price and be killed uh, because some sick man uh, made a terrible decision, a criminal decision at that. Um and there's also the the arguments, well, well, uh, uh, y'all are so pro-life, why don't you take the vaccine? Uh, or y'all are so pro-life, why don't you put your mask on? Um, well, you know, there's, there's some major issues in our country, and one of those that I was talking about uh, during the break with Bobby is adoption. Adoption. You know, uh, uh, one of, one of the, uh, the, another talking point is, well, uh, what if these kids grow up in terrible situations? Well, does that mean we get to murder them because we think they might grow up in a terrible situation? Uh, Why don't we streamline adoption in America and make it a whole lot easier and more affordable for for Christian families to adopt children? We all know families who would love to adopt, and many of them do, despite the financial hurdle. But you look at the cost and the red tape involved in adoption, and it's really horrendous. Uh, there's families that have to pay twenty, thirty, forty thousand bucks to adopt a child in desperate need of a family, and it takes a year, two years, or whatever the legal process is 
Uh, here in America and across the world, we should be making adoption easy for families who are willing to take on those children. Adoption is a is a biblically based model. We were adopted in the king into the kingdom of God as believers, um, and so Christians should be about adoption. That doesn't mean adoption is for everyone, uh, but we as Christians should have no issue, no reservations, supporting and promoting adoption as a very very a good option for children who end up in bad situations. It's a beautiful thing to adopt, and my wife and I one day would love to adopt, Um, and so I hope uh, and look forward to that day. Uh, This other clip I was going to play is from uh, the well-known Bill Crystal, who served in a couple administrations. I know for sure he served in the the Bush administration, maybe even served in the Reagan administration, Uh, but Bill Crystal here is talking politics over babies on MSNBC, clip, uh, CNN, Clip 5. Let's listen. Well, it's, it's so extreme, the six-week limit, which is actually less than six weeks. If you, if you look at the details of the law, it's six weeks not from the inception of pregnancy. And then this kind of uh, snitch, you know, uh, uh, snitch on your neighbor's aspect, which seems pretty un-American. Uh, so I think it's a foolish uh, law from the pro-life point of view. It's not going to advance the cause. I don't think it's going to save a lot of uh, unborn babies, honestly, in Texas. And it's going to cause a big backlash in Texas and elsewhere. Here in Virginia, we have a gubernatorial race going on right now. So we have a sort of a little test. Terry McAuliffe, the Democrat who's ahead, so he doesn't need to take any risks, is hammering his opponent, Glenn Youngkin, on this issue, saying he's going to preserve abortion rights here in Virginia. And he's beating up Youngkin who, because he's on Youngkin's on tape from a month or two ago, ducking questions about this and saying, well, I can't talk about abortion much now, but when I'm in office, when we control the assembly of Republicans, uh, then we'll, make, we'll go on the offense. Uh, and he, Youngkin ducked questions about abortion yesterday. So if you just assume that McAuliffe is a smart politician, Youngkin's running a you know, reasonable campaign, uh, they kind of know where the politics of this are, at least here in Virginia, which isn't exactly like the rest of the country, obviously. But still, here in Virginia... The Democrats think the Texas developments are helping them and the Republicans are hiding. That is Bill Crystal on CNN calling. Well, first, he didn't really answer the question. He called the Texas abortion law extreme, which makes me wonder here. I'm just going to speculate or theorize a little bit. If theorize is even a word. Um, did you notice that Governor Bill Hogan of Maryland and Bill Crystal use the same word? Extreme. Was that a, like, Republican establishment talking point circulated over the weekend to call the Texas law extreme? What are the chances of that? In two left-wing media interviews, these two so-called Republicans call the Texas law extreme. But there you go. You have, just like uh, yesterday, I read the story uh, of Dick Morris, the op-ed, where he's talking about poll numbers. We're talking about saving babies, and he's talking about poll numbers and who's going to win in 2022. I don't really care at all about who's going to win in 2022 if I can save 180 babies a day in the state of Texas. And here you have Bill Crystal calling, uh, discrediting the Texas law and then going on this one-minute rant about the, uh, the Virginia gubernatorial race and how uh, the Republican is getting pounded by the Democrat because of his stance of abortion and pro-life. What are we doing here? I mean, the analogy that I brought up yesterday, and it's really a perfect analogy, and I'm not the one to, to come up with this, but the analogy of slavery. I mean, that's like you fast forward or, or rewind about 100 years and uh, put Bill Crystal 
uh, on uh, the local newspaper talking about slavery and how, well, you know, this, this, this law over here eliminating slavery is just a little bit extreme and we should keep a little bit of slavery. And, and, and the Republicans, they've got to kind of find this balancing act of having enough slaves but not having too many. <laughs> I mean, you see how crazy that sounds? It sounds so illogical. It's like ridiculous. It's like, Walker, why are you talking like that? Well, I'm trying to explain to you how we need to be looking at this pro-life issue, about this life issue. And I don't really like even the, and, and this is nitpicking here. You're not going to find scripture address this, but uh, life. You know, I don't really like saying pro-life. It's, it's just life. Like, we like life. We should protect life. Um, and if you're, if you're against babies being able to be born, then you're just not against life. You're not for life. Uh, you're anti-life. Um, which is what the abortion people are for. So I'm for life. All Christians should be about protecting and preserving life. That's what it should be about because that's what God calls us to do. Walker, if I could add something about sure. this, the grand old state of Virginia that I spent so many years in, mm-hmm. I don't want people to re- to forget that Governor Ralph Northam, the pediatric neurosurgeon by trade, has no problem with keeping babies who have been born, keeping them comfortable until Mm. parents have decided whether or not they're going to kill the child. Mm. And this is compassion? This is Bill Crystal saying, well, we're Virginia, and you aren't. Like, they have something special going on. Right. Not when it comes to, to, to children's lives, I can tell you that. Yeah, that, that that's that's a good flashback there. That was a horrific statement by the former uh, governor, Governor Northam, and oh, he's the current governor. And, current and, governor, yes, sir. And and there's a, a, a an election coming up where there'll be two options: Republican, Democrat. Um, uh, but we we've heard these clips, and we, we we've seen the the undercover Planned Parenthood videos where they're just talking about babies, um, and discarding them as if they don't matter, and it's very very. Uh, evil and wicked. Um, another thing I wanted uh, to to address, shifting uh, topics here, is um, the uh, CDC. I just came across this this morning, but uh, I've been talking extensively on the show about what the definition of a vaccine is, you know, what the definition of immunity is, and all I've been doing is reading from the CDC website on these definitions so we properly understand what a vaccine is supposed to do. Well, the CDC, and this is, folks, this is this is crazy. I, I never thought they would do this. I mean, as much as many people disrespect the CDC, they are now changing the definition of vaccination on their website. Yes, they are changing it as we go through the pandemic. What the historical, traditional, scientific definition of vaccination is they are changing it and i'm going to just read the changes and by the way we will post the link to this on my podcast page at afr.net so you can go read it for yourself uh there's links to all of the archived cdc website websites going back 10 to 20 years where they define what vaccination is but pre-2015 pre before 2015 Here was the CDC definition of vaccination. Injection of a killed or weakened infectious organism in order to prevent the disease. That's the CDC pre-2015 definition 
of vaccination. All right. So fast forward to the definition that was was stagnant on the CDC website from 2015 to 2021. The definition during that period from 2015 up until, I don't know, like a week ago. Here's the definition. The act of introducing a vaccine into the body to produce immunity to a specific disease. Well, now in September of 2021, here is the third definition in the last 10 years from the CDC website. The act of introducing a vaccine into the body to produce protection from a specific disease. Not immunity now, it's just protection, <laughs> which protection is very elastic. What you, what people view as protection is very elastic. It's stretchable. There's not, you can't really put your arms around it. Protection um, is the latest definition of vaccination. So instead of, instead of relabeling these jabs as something other than vaccines, we're just going to change the entire definition in the medical community of vaccination. This is like China level stuff. This is China ministry of truth level stuff where the government just willy nilly changes terms and definitions to meet whatever their political prerogative is for the day. And tomorrow it just might change. It just might change. So when you're having conversations now, uh, you're going to have to ask, well, which, which definition of vaccine are you talking about? Which definition of vaccine are you talking about? Because I'm talking about the one that's been around for like a long time. Decades and decades, maybe even centuries and centuries. <laughs> but the CDC is officially changing the definition of vaccination to, to fit their political narratives and watch mark my word this will show up in a lawsuit the forced vaccinations it will show up in a lawsuit and they'll be using the new cdc definition for uh, vaccination mark my word afa at the core good to be with you today we'll see you next time with more on american family radio The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.